0: The bell with Bobby Blaze. I am your host, Jeremy, definitely from Glasgow and not Manitoba, Vilmer. And joining <laughs> us now is Bobby Blaze.
1: Hey Jeremy, man, straight to be back on the show. Welcome all you fans. If you're a regular listener, hey, big shout out to all of you. This is Bobby, the anti-mind blaze, coming to you on a bell to bell with blaze, Bobby Blaze podcast. So Uh, Once again, we're getting ready to record. This is episode number ten, and I'm excited to be here because we have some really good stuff lined up. So, thank you, Jeremy.
0: Yeah, and that being said, um, I think we had a pretty positive response to episode nine, which is all about Chris Candido, one of the unsung heroes of pro wrestling. So, you know, thank you for everybody, or to everybody who listened to it and gave us some feedback on it, and people who tweeted to us and told us that you appreciated taking the time to, you know, spotlight somebody who gets overlooked from time to time. And, Bobby, I know you and Chris were fairly close and worked together quite a bit, so I hope you enjoyed doing the episode.
1: I did. I really did. And, and it brought back some good memories. I try to think the positive and the good in people. And um, I, I hope that someone, you know, got some insight on on the good stuff, you know. And you, you just get to blur out some things sometimes. But, man, I had a great time with it. You know, we, we got to talk about Dan Severn on there. We talked about the NWA title. And, um, of course, got the you know, Chris Candido remembered, and we had some you know, pretty good video footage of him and uh, also of him throwing me in the uh, icy river and, and all those great memories back in the day uh, uh, of Chris uh, in his younger days. So, yeah, it was a fun segment to do, too. You would think maybe you'd be sad about it, but you know what? I Those memories were all good memories to me, so I, I really enjoyed it. I thought, I thought it came off really, really good. Uh, I want to take my hat off to you, but I don't have a hat on. I thought you edited it and produced it very well, and I appreciate that. I I was surprised um, because I thought, man, I'm stumbling through it, or I felt like I was because I thought maybe I was going to be down about it, but but um, anyway, you, you did a wonderful job of uh, editing it, and now we're done sucking each other's dicks about it. Thank you, because you've done a great job with it, Jeremy, I appreciate well,
0: it. Thanks, Bobby. I'm glad to hear that. Of course, it <laughs> does mean a lot to me, being as how I produce the show and sometimes worry, because you and I do tend to run on at the mouth when we get onto the wrong topics at points.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, you did a great job with it. You really did.
0: Yeah, so the one thing I do want to pop real quick so we can move on is that um I'm not gonna do a, a person to person shout out this week. I just want to say thank you to everybody following us on Twitter at Bell to Bell Blaze. We hit five hundred and forty four followers. Uh we are growing quickly and I do appreciate everybody who's following us and interacting with us on there. Bobby, where can people find you on Twitter?
1: Likewise, you know what? You can find me at Bobby Blaze seven forty four at Twitter, uh or on Twitter and um well, I knew we went over 500 for our earlier talk, and I'm really happy about that. I'm glad for the interaction, and and myself too. I just want to thank all the fans that have, you know, followed us, uh, downloaded or listened to our podcast. And and again, went over 500. That's great. Uh At the Bell to Bell Blaze podcast, uh, we've got a YouTube page at uh, Texas out there running. We've got the uh, Geekish Cast, and you can find me at Bobby Blaze 744. So stay in touch with. Me. We listen to the fans, believe me.
0: Oh yeah, and in today's top ten list, when we get to it, wouldn't have been uh, built without fan interaction. I can tell you that right now.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yep.
0: And before we roll into our new segment, I do want to tell everybody out there: please take a moment to rate and review us wherever you listen to our show. It does help new listeners find us. Uh, so please, if you're on iTunes, Google Play, wherever, take a few minutes. Give us—I would prefer a, a great review, but give us an honest review, and I do appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Yes, I do too. You know what I tell people or I ask of people? I don't tell them anything. I suggest it to them strongly sometimes. But, um, when I, when I have someone review my books, I ask, and the same thing with this podcast, all we ask for is a fair and honest review. And, but, but we do appreciate all reviews. Of course, we love to have five stars. It doesn't take that long to write a couple of sentences. Um, but, but, you know, if you don't feel like giving us a five star, just be fair and honest with us and, and leave us and at least leave us a review. We appreciate that very, very much. And it does go a long way in helping us gain listeners. It does go a long way in helping keep our current listeners. And if someone's just out there floating around, you know, in the Internet world or cyberspace or wherever, and they say, hey, what's this? And they see it's got a couple of really nice reviews or something written about us. They give us a try, especially if they're pro wrestling fans or just like being entertained. It gives them a reason to say, you know what? I'm going to click this button and see what the hell these guys have to say. And hopefully they take something away from it. So, yeah, thank you very much. And, and be sure to leave us a review. iTunes, Google Play, where the fuck you steal our fucking stuff from because it's free. So you're not stealing it. We're giving it to you. This is good this is the good stuff, man. <laughs> Come and get it
0: absolutely. all right, so last week we premiered our new thing where we're going around the country, coming to you from historical wrestling venues that may or may not exist anymore at the time we are doing it, but thankfully, I have a time machine, and we can do this sort of thing. So this week, we are coming to you from the Grand Olympic Auditorium in Los Angeles, California.
1: Yes, man, what a venue, huh yeah. what a man. I'm just gonna read one little headline if you don't mind. Yeah, please do. This is from the um LA Times from uh june sixteenth of uh twenty sixteen, and this'll kinda of go into what Jeremy is talking about with the uh we're gonna talk a little bit about the uh, uh Los Angeles Auditorium there, but um or Olympic Auditorium in Los Angeles rather, I'm sorry. What do Andre the Giant, Frank Sinatra, and the dead Kennedys have in common? The Olympic Auditorium. And I thought that was a really cool headline. It's a great article. Um, so yeah. So anyway, I, I would have loved. Go ahead, Jeremy. Tell me a little bit about the uh, Olympic Auditorium well, in L.A. There, please. Yeah, the
0: Grand Olympic Auditorium opened up in 1932. Uh, it ran all the major events in the Los Angeles arena or Los Angeles area from the 30s, 40s, 50s. And then it blew up big during the 60s and 70s Were ran out of the Olympic Auditorium. Rage Against the Machine played their last show there before they broke up in 2000. Uh, It was home to the uh, the old roller derby Los Angeles T-Birds. Every major boxing and wrestling event that happened down in the Los Angeles area, they happened there every other Friday night, apparently. I'd actually like to verify that and find out what nights they ran certain events. The other thing that I think is really cool about the Olympic, it wasn't owned by, but it was ran by the LaBelle family. Mm. And, for, and for people who don't know the LaBelle family, I'm going to focus on one in particular, Judo Gene LaBelle. A man so bad, he dyes his judo gi pink, just hoping somebody will say something. A man so bad, when he was in his mid-80s, he choked out Steven Seagal and made him shit his pants.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: A man so bad that when his brother Mike ran into trouble with other wrestlers or people from the wrestling business, he'd pick up the phone and call Gene and ask him to straighten it out. The LaBelle family was truly a old-school wrestling family. Um, they are just an amazing... There's an amazing story to be told there that I would need to research a lot more to dig in further than that, but there are, it's it's an almost mystical place, the, uh, the Grand Olympic, and... I guess even at one night, ECW ran a show there and XPW sent a bunch of people to sit in the front row wearing their T-shirts. And then Tommy Dreamer and the security team dragged them all outside and there was a giant brawl.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. I would have loved to just went to an event there. Um, let alone if I would have got to wrestle there, that would have been great. But man, as a fan, I, I recall, you know, seeing, uh, the roller derby on TV, I guess it was syndicated back in the day on a little black and white TV and, um, uh, eventually color, but, uh, yeah, seeing, um, cause we didn't have a good color until I was a little bit older. So that's why I say black and white, but yeah, um, man, just not, the one poster I had or a picture rather I had, it said, um, uh, Wrestling was like Tuesday and Saturday nights, and then boxing every Friday night. And I'm sure that's probably during the heyday. And I think that's just awesome. Of course, you had that roller derby and then all those concerts there. I would imagine just the, um, just the atmosphere we talked about would have been great. You know, just that, just go to that building where you knew, uh, whether it be, <laughs> it's going to sound funny, but where blood was probably spilled, whether it's roller derby, whether it's a punk rock band playing, Wrestling or boxing, you know how much beer was drank and blood was spilled in that arena, uh, and, and probably smoke filled arena. Um, and plus I'm sure Hollywood shot, uh, several TV segments there through the years, you know, so oh, that would have yeah. been a great, uh, for me, what a great venue that would have been to be able to just as a fan go in and, 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 and watch a show, let alone, uh, be able to perform there. So. Anyway, uh, thanks for sharing that with us, and we're glad to come to you from the Grand Olympic Auditorium. And uh, what is that? 18th? What was the street, Jeremy? 18th oh, and Grand or something? What was that? I think it was 18th not, and Grand, but of course it's I think it was I, 18th and Grand, is what. Uh, I, if I read it correctly, I think that's what it said. So, oh, yeah.
0: So it's uh, it's at 1801 South Grand Avenue, uh, just okay, south of the cool. Santa Monica Freeway. Cool. Yeah, so, Bobby, I, I do want to point out, before we get too far, you haven't asked me what I've got in this uh, paper bag here, but at the end of the show, I want to come back to this, so don't forget to ask me about that, okay? Okay, so, I'll
1: take a note. What's in the fucking paper bag? None of my damn business, probably, no, 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 but
0: that's no, no, beside the point. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 it's it, 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 It'll be part of your business, but I don't want to do it till the close of the show, though.
1: Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, but yeah, um... Well, I'm going to so, I'm gonna
0: take this moment and kind of we're going to kind of start working our way towards the top 10 of the week. But I do want to yes. I do want to bring this out uh, this week. We are talking about Rowdy Roddy Piper and Gene LaBelle was one of the men who trained Rowdy Roddy Piper to be a pro wrestler. And so I believe that means Rowdy Roddy Piper would have worked in that territory at some point, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Um, I, I, I'm sure there's a picture there's a picture has Motivational Monday from uh, the Olympic Auditorium, and it says instead of Motivational Monday, how about Mayhem Monday, and it has Roddy Piper standing there And of course he worked out there and he worked uh, what was uh, the Cow Palace up in uh, San Francisco, so I'm sure he worked up and down the coast there in California, and I'm sure early on he did work you know at the uh, uh, the, the Olympic Auditorium. Yes, yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, we got anything else we want to take care of before we want to move on to our main topic?
1: Yeah, one thing real quickly, let me just throw us out there, okay, yeah. folks. Uh, I, I, if you got a chance, check out our GoFundMe. I asked a few weeks back. Um, this is just to offset some of the uh, hosting fees for our podcast. We're in no way, you know, shutting down, nothing like that. We're not in dire straits for the money. We're just looking for twenty, you know, any, if you can donate five or ten dollars, that's great. But it's about $20 per month. If you can just offset that, uh, by donating to our GoFundMe, uh, that money can go to Jeremy jeremy's putting it directly he's not making a dime off of it he's putting it directly back into the podcast he's taking the time to edit produce this and i brought it up just for the simple fact that that we would like to get a little bit of financial support on that end and we've had some great donations so far um but in in exchange for that i'll send you out a t-shirt or a book or a eight by ten picture or something like that i'll make it worth your while uh, just hit me up on twitter at bobbyblade744 or the geekish cast or our bell to bell blaze um but you, if you just type in your Google, you know, uh, bell to bell, it's one of the first things that pop up. Uh, just do us a nice favor, pass the word, retweet it if I send it out there. Let some people know that, you know what, we just like, well, we'll have a small goal of $350. And if you could just make a small donation, we'd appreciate it. Um, I know I would, I'm sure Jeremy would. And it's just to offset some hosting fees. No one's trying to make a dime or, or get rich off of you. And we're not bumming or begging. Uh, we will give you something in exchange for that. Some of the people that's already donated there are aware of, um, you'll be eventually, there's going to be a Patreon page, uh, and you'll get behind-the-scenes podcast from, from Jeremy and myself that no one else will be exclusive. And uh, the people that's donated already will already get access to that, so it'll give you access to our Patreon page when that does come. So I just want to spit that out there and get out of the way, and that's that, and I'll shut up about it. Let's move on.
0: All right. Well, the next section of the show is sponsored by, I kicked out on two, The Education of a Wrestler by Bobby Blaze Smedley, uh, who also happens to be the co-host of this show. You can find that book at tinyurl.com blazebook2. That will take you to our uh, Amazon affiliate page, It'll take you right to the book, and you can buy it right there. Uh, you can read a lot about uh, Bobby's interactions with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Bobby, before we get into this, why don't you tell us a Rowdy Roddy Piper story?
1: All right. Well, that's what I was waiting on. Just been waiting on that. So back in the day, um, I had just finished. The, I just went full time into the business. Uh, got my first little break up here in the Maritimes and went up there for like 16 weeks. And I came home back to Kentucky. I was on the way to Florida. So I stopped by Kentucky here. And um, some buddies of mine had done some TVs down in Florida for the WWF back in the day. And where I had worked, I'd been working out Almalinko's, working around Florida. I'd already been to, like, South Africa and a couple other places. And I'd been up there to the Maritimes and and working real regular. So a couple of my buddies, I was talking to them long distance back in the day, pre-cell phones, whatever. And they said, I mean, you know, if the WWF comes to your area, you ought to go and and, and do the TV. And, of course, you'll do anything to get a break, you know. and, and, And plus, I wasn't sure, you know, they all told me that you get a good payday. So... That lo and behold within a couple of weeks of me coming home the wwf was up in huntington west virginia so they told me to ask for jj Dillon, and of course i'm rather green back in those days and so of course i did you know i had been working you know i was trained and all that anyway i go up there and knock on a door i asked for jj they let me in and at the time i had bleached blonde hair i had a pretty good tan Built pretty decent, a lot of calisthenics, I was doing up on the road and all this. So what came about was, you know, when you go to a, an event like that, it was a TV taping for the superstars of wrestling, if I'm not mistaken. It was on back in the day, on Saturday mornings maybe. But anyway, you don't know who you're going to you know, – first of all, you don't know if they're going to put you on a show or not. So I went up there with my brother, and we're sitting there, and I'm on a table – and of course, all these superstars are walking in and out, you know, and it's a big production. And it's, 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 it, you know, it's blown me away. But it's, it's what I'm wanting to do, you know. It's where I want to eventually get to, or what have you. And as I'm sitting there, Roddy Piper comes walking by, and of course, I'm professional for everyone. I always introduce myself and this and that. But I was just sitting with the uh, sitting on this table with my brother, and Piper comes strolling by, and I could tell he's not really like. He's thinking about something else. Let's just say that because he's not there shaking hands with everyone as he's walking in. You just tell he's probably tired from the road or, or what have you. But he, he gets a couple of steps past me and he turns back around and he walks up to me and he goes, Hi, I'm Roddy Piper. How are you? And I said, Uh, Bobby Blaze, uh, uh, you know, it's an honor to meet you. I, I know who you are. And he goes, You know what? You look a little bit like Ric Flair. He said, who are you working tonight like, kid? And I said, sir, I have no idea because there's no board up or anything. And, of course, this is my first night up there. They just told me, you know, go sign up, go sit down, you know, stay out of the way, basically. And I said, you know, I have no idea. I said, uh, no one's told me anything other than come over here and have a seat. He goes, you got a minute? I was like, yes, sir. He goes, come with me. So Piper and I get up, and uh, this is back of the uh, Hunnic Civic Center. We go in the back, beyond the back. Into a bathroom, and um, he just starts talking to me and says, "You know, I've got this great idea. I'm doing this program with Ric Flair. You just look a lot like him." He said, "Would you care to do something with me tonight if, if, if Ric agrees to?" And I'm like, "You know, be, first of all, I'm, I'm I'm in awe that you know he's he's asked me to to participate in some way on the show, and second of all, you know, I'm just kind of in awe like." Not trying to mark out, but I'm like, I'm going to do whatever the hell you want me to do. You know, you, you picked me out to come back here and who the fuck wouldn't want to work with Roddy Piper, you know. So, um, he says, you care to wait right, right here. I go, yes, sir. So I'm just standing in a bathroom, you know, waiting around. I'm thinking uh, a couple minutes goes by and it's, you know, it's a pretty big building, but. I'm like, you know, is this a rib? Was he trying to, does someone, does he, does someone where I worked the territory, which we'll get to later on, there's a couple of stories. I knew people at New Piper, so I didn't know him personally to that night. So I'm thinking, is this a rib or, you know, is he, he's just whatever. I really didn't know. And I was there probably less than five minutes, but it seemed like an eternity, of course. And uh, the bathroom door opens up and in comes Piper and right behind him is Ric Flair. And you know Flair's got his fine suit on. He had been over doing interviews or what have you. And uh, Piper, um, you know, he says, "This is Rick Flair." And Rick sticks his hand. I say, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm Bobby Blaze." And uh, it's nice to meet you. It's an honor. You know, a fan of both you guys. You know, I'm. What What am I going to do? What am I going to say? You know. And he goes, "Um, "Rick, I got this idea." He says, "Uh, "I'm going to uh, do a spot with the chair. We're doing these chair these chair shows coming up." I'd like to do a promo and use this kid Ed for, the, for my master tonight, And um, he goes, and I understand he does a pretty good Ric Flair impersonation. Um, and I was like, uh, well, I wouldn't say that because he kind of put me on the spot. But, you know, everyone <laughs> does, the, you know, I'm a kiss, deal, and wheel, and deal, and jet fly. you know. But I you know, of course, it's going to go, and I'm, like, I'm going to blow yours. I'll go, woo, you know, and who doesn't get, you know, so Flair just looked at me and go, that's pretty good, kid. That's pretty good. And he goes, uh, do one thing and I'm like oh you know what you know, what am I what am I going to do blow him now or something you know I don't know cuz I'm just standing there listening to these two guys and he goes he puts his hand up to his nose and he goes kid if you take that bump that i take out of corner turn your head or your nose will look like this <laughs> and, and, and he just started laughing like you did. And he reached the hand out and he goes, have a good match with Roddy. And turn and walked out and Piper goes, Hey, what do you think about this? And um, I, he asked me a little bit about my experience. I told him and he said, you know what, you know my finish? I said, yes sir, it's bulldog. He said, call whatever, make it quick. And he said, I'll bulldog you. And if the feeling's right, I'll get the chair and we'll go from there. And if it's not, you know, you just, you just take the pin. I go, no problem whatsoever. And so, um, we're getting ready to, to go out. And, uh, he says, this is like an hour, hour and a half later, you know. And of course, they say you can't use Bobby Blaze. You have to use Bob Smedley, Bobby Smedley from Ashland, Kentucky. And I said, hey, you know, fuck, I'm glad to be here. I'll use whatever, you know. So that's not a problem. So we're standing there and, uh, at the gorilla position, he says, kid, don't let me in a ring. I'll get in the ring when I'm ready. And he said, But you are infuriated and just get after me. And he said, Fight me off and um, give me a reason to come in. And he said, Spit my face. I want you to try to spit right in my eye. And I was like I, I I couldn't believe it. I was like, are you serious? You want me to spit on you? He goes, Spit in my face And I go, I don't know if I can do it or not. He goes, Listen, kid, I'm calling it. He said, Right now. Just spit in my direction and try to hit me in the eye and i said i'm a pretty good spitter i ain't gonna lie <laughs> but uh, i said i'll spit if you want me to and he goes i do and he goes then when i come in call something we'll do a couple moves when i bulldog his time and so yeah and then the matches on youtube we found it um i hadn't seen it i think someone said it to me a few weeks back a few months back actually but long story short, man, Piper comes down there um, and that's going to lead us to our number 10, what I heard. And then Piper's there and he's coming. I'm swatting at him, swinging at him. And you'll see it. I, I swing and it's glancing. It doesn't hit him and he leans back. And next thing you know, it doesn't focus on me spitting. But you see him wipe his eye. I got him right in the damn eye, spitting Roddy Piper's eye. And he's saying, this kid thinks he's Ric Flair. Oh, do you? You think you're Ric Flair, do you? And he comes in and I, so I start glomming him down because I know he's a heel and he's going to fight me back and he, he's going to cut me off when he wants to. But I'm just hit, hit, hitting him. And I'm like, I, the first thing that came to mind was an old Terry Funk spot I saw years ago where he took two or three turnbuckles in a backdrop. And I said, turnbuckle, 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 backdrop. And I took it and I started selling to the corner. And he said, bulldog. And I just fed right out. There it is. One, two, three. It was a thank you under the breath. And he said, Stay. And so I knew the chair spot was there. He slid out for a second. When he come back in. I knew to scoot because he had already told me he didn't really want to, didn't really want to use the chair on me. At, just at a last moment thing if that spot was there. So I, I knew to get the fuck. And there it was. He gives me this shot that knocks me right over the top rope. And and um, that's my Roddy Piper story, man. I've met him, you know, several years later. But that night was a uh, Really good night. I got a hell of a payoff. I couldn't believe that. He got me a hell of a payoff because you're working one of the top guys at the time. And, uh, what a complete professional and a complete gentleman. And he was super easy to work with. And, and just, it, it was really great for someone just to walk by and, and, and like I said, he took a step or two past me and turned and said, Hey, <laughs> I'm Roddy Piper. Like I didn't know. And I'm like, yes, sir. And I told him my name. And he says, you know, who you work with and you look like a flare guy near i got an idea for you and man what an idea it was so i got that claim to fame because to me roddy piper is, uh, is one of the people who throw these terms around all the time heroes and legends and icons but to me and it's going to take us to our top 10 jeremy right here number 10 the bagpipes okay and to me when they throw those words around The word icon comes to mind when I think of Roddy Piper. He was a true icon in the wrestling business. So let's start our list with number 10, bagpipes. Do I need to say more?
0: Uh, No, not really. I mean, (laughs) it changed here and there, but Roddy Piper would come to the ring to Scotland the Beautiful, played on bagpipes and drums. Uh, As soon as you heard the bagpipes, like we said back about Stone Cold with the glass breaking, you knew exactly what you are in for as soon as the drums and bagpipes started.
1: Yep. When I heard him, I knew here he comes. And that, that was that. And never forget that moment. It was, it it, it, it was an awesome moment, as fleeting and as short as time as it was. But as soon as those bagpipes come out, man, you knew who was coming down that ramp. We done our music special a few weeks back on one of the episodes, but I don't think we had bagpipes on there. Because we, but we did have a lot of good entrances, uh, music and theme music. But man, everyone damn sure knew when those bagpipe played, only one person was coming down that aisle Rowdy Roddy Piper.
0: Yep. And it didn't matter if he was playing face or heel, he, his music got the appropriate response every time.
1: Every time. Yes, yeah. sir.
0: Yes, sir. It, it could work a crowd into a frenzy or a cheer. It just, it just depended on how he's being built the time.
1: <laughs> Yes.
0: Yes. You, know, you know, real quick, I just I want to reference back to the, the gimmick name I was using this week. I didn't know till later, but Roddy Piper is related to the Hart family. Uh, and this definitely comes up because with the Vince Russo thing, eventually Piper looks at Vince Russo and says, you're the guy that killed my cousin. And he's speaking about Owen. But, but the problem there was, uh, you know, that, that revealed to me that Roddy Piper was Canadian and not Scottish. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when I then when I met my first Scottish person and realized uh, that's not English that they're speaking,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, a Scottish friend that lives here in of all fucking places, and I don't know what the hell he speaks. His name's Andy, and I talked to him, and I've known him for years, and I just nod my head and and go, and then I've got one off of Twitter, a young lady I speak to from Scotland sometimes, and man, when she talks, I'm like, I love the way she talks, but I don't know what the fuck she's saying, I just oh, yeah. I just go with it, you know, I really do, it's a whole, I don't even know, nothing nothing but love to you Scottish people, but um, I don't know what the fuck they're saying, man. Oh, no, no, <laughs> I, I have to be around
0: people a lot before I can start hearing through Glasgow, or Glaswegian uh, accent, yeah. one of our best friends is from uh, Glasgow, and I, the first six months we knew her, I had to read her lips because i'm like what the fuck is she saying <laughs> but i, I do want to i love old school kayfabe shit in wrestling where we're like yeah eh, we'll just change his last name and say he's from some foreign country there we'll just yeah. go for it that's just how it'll work
1: Yep. Yeah. and it and it'll it work for all those years oh yeah absolutely know? and that's the thing about the kayfabe days man you know that's that's the that's the beauty of it all yeah. Everyone didn't know everything, but you know what? Even when I go to shows nowadays, I don't want to fucking know everything. I want to enjoy the show. Exactly. You know? I, I don't want to see, uh, you know, chase the cab driver. You know, I want to see chase the badass. You know, yeah. or whoever in the ring. You know, help me shut off uh,
0: my logical portion of the brain for a minute and enjoy what I'm watching.
1: Right. That's all I have, right man.
0: Nobody ever questioned Sheik Adnan L. Casey's Arab accent. <laughs> 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 well,
1: let's move on to number nine yes number nine
0: is the motion picture they live yes it was uh written and directed by john carpenter a true legend of horror films and uh you know other things as well but halloween is my personal favorite that he did came out in 1988 and it starred they don't say his name in the movie but it starred roddy piper as john nada according to the end credits okay who discovers a pair of sunglasses that allows him to see that aliens are the ruling class, uh, getting America or getting the world basically to consume, obey, breed, and carry on the status quo. Yeah,
1: man, I love that movie. And the fight scene is with uh, Keith David, I think's his name. Yeah, uh, I I heard back in the day just because I was around, I was at Malenko's at the time. And everyone was like, oh, Piper, he, he choreographed that. That's Piper. You know, he, he, he put that together, but, uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but, um, man, that fight scene is pretty realistic. And I really liked it because I liked that guy's character. He was in, um, platoon was, uh, uh Keith Davis. So I liked him and I thought they had a really good, realistic fight scene in there. And of course it's it not giving away or spoiler alert. If you, if you're, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert when he goes down at the end. And it's almost like that Terminator type movement, you know, that middle finger's right there, just like "fuck you." You know, oh, he yeah. he knew he knew the gimmick. You know, he got them glasses and knew the deal. And uh, man, that's a, that's a good one for number nine, man. They live. If you haven't seen it, get your ass to a. Well, I can't say to a video store. I don't know. Go go fucking on the internet and find it. <laughs> go oh, well, buy it. Here, so,
0: here, yeah, I was gonna say. Here's the thing. That movie came out thirty years ago. If they haven't seen it yet, you can't call giving it away a spoiler anymore.
1: Okay, okay, I was wondering about that. Thank you yeah. for clarifying that. <laughs> that was a
0: long, long time ago. I
1: get that shit from Smoky Mountain sometimes, though. Uh, like, even on, on Booking the Territory, uh to to shout out to Mike, you know, sometimes they'd ask me something like, you know, you're talking about something that fucking happened like twenty five years ago. It's not like I'm telling you something that's not gonna happen your next next episode, you know, so I'm real careful with that though, because I do respect the fans and I and I do try to protect the business as much as I can. But yeah, if you haven't seen Day Live by now, I didn't give you a spoiler alert. Go watch it anyway. <laughs> it's a good yeah,
0: move. You should. And if you're if you're a fan of action or horror films and you haven't seen it, owe it to yourself to check it out. If you're a Roddy Piper fan and haven't seen it, what the fuck are you doing?
1: Exactly. What's wrong with
0: you? All right. Number eight. Yeah. And we're going to start building towards something here, so the next few kind of start getting into groups, but this is yeah. the first of something we'll reference again. Martin Downey Jr. Blowing Smoke in Roddy Piper's Face
1: oh my goodness man that one i had to recall that of I wasn't sure, and we spoke a little bit earlier, if it was actually off of a uh, of Piper's pit or not, because I knew it took place in a ring, and it was. But my great memory of that was my dearly beloved, dead, deceased mother. She was yelling at the TV. He's gonna slap the shit out of him. He's gonna slap the shit out of him. And if you could have seen her, she had this fiery red hair anyway. And uh, she's watching the TV, and we're watching it, and she'd she'd watch it when I watched it. You know, it's one of those things and that build up. And, and she was a Morton Downey. She thought that guy was a nut. She watched his show. But when that, when that segment came on and Piper's going back and forth and Morton Downey Jr. is going to blow that smoke in his, or does blow the smoke in his face, my mom going, he's going to slap the shit out of him. Is he crazy? And I mean, she was buying it hook, line and sinker, man. And to me and my memory of that is, is totally worth that coming in at number eight because um of that moment I got to share with my mom and and she was probably just a couple years older than I am right now when she was but man she was fucking hot she knew she knew more than Junior. about ready he go get the shit slapped out of him oh, he go yeah. get the shit slapped out of him and that's what she kept saying and she she never really had this uh Kentucky accent she was from Baltimore and for whatever reason she always kept that kind of east coast uh accent, if you will. She's like, he's going to get the shit slapped out of him. He, she talked just like my grandmother. So it's just one of those fucking things that just, it, it, if you haven't seen it, go fucking find that because it's a good one. That's a good oh, number, eight, Jeremy? Well, and good
0: I just want to throw it out there real quick for maybe younger people or people who didn't watch as much shitty TV as we did back in the day. <laughs> Martin Downey Jr. was a chain-smoking talk show host. He yes. had controversial guests on I think he was one of the first ones to get wrestlers to come on and break kayfabe, as, as well as other just stupid shit. Yeah. Um, I think this segment also had the the bonus of uh, Tom Pritchard's brother getting the shit slapped out of him too, right?
1: Oh uh, man, I don't know because my head was wrapped around. Well, I just yeah. I told you to be honest with you, so I'm not. <laughs> I think I'm not going to fact check you. I'm going to believe you. I think, love, right. I think brother love.
0: I think brother love might have got it slapped around a bit
1: here. But, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. But
0: uh, that was number eight, Morton Downey Jr., don't blow your smoke in my face.
1: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> great stuff right there, man, great stuff. That really is. So number seven, I know you got it. What is it? Number seven,
0: Rowdy Roddy Piper wins the Intercontinental title from the Mountie, who was one of the Rougeau brothers, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure which because French Canadians, I can't pronounce their names anyway, so I don't try to separate
1: them. Yeah, and you've got all that heat with those Canadians anyway.
0: Oh, yeah. We're we're trying to play that down, though, and I'm, I'm going to get them a gift. It'll be okay.
1: Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, we talked about the greatest champions who never were that needed a title, per se, a few segments back, and you can always go back and look at all, you know, go to the Bell to Bell, you know, with Bobby Blaze podcast, and they're all listed right there on iTunes or, or wherever, and we've done that. And Piper – he didn't need a title like, you know, the world titles what we were talking about, A W A uh uh NWA W C W uh we'll get to and then and WWE, F, whatever. But he had an intercontinental title. And it, and it led somewhere, and he beat, he did beat the Mountie Ford, as you said. So I think that should give us a segue to number six, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, six, okay.
0: seven and six actually kind of go together. Right. Uh, WrestleMania number eight, unless I read my Roman numerals wrong, mm-hmm. Rowdy Roddy Piper versus Bret the Hitman Hart uh, for the Intercontinental title. I think I've heard of this Hitman guy before. You may have, yeah. You I, may think have. I think I've heard of him. Yeah, um, yeah. So I guess what happened was right before a pay per view, Bret Hart lost the Intercontinental Title to the Mountie, and then Roddy Piper won it back, or won it at the pay per view. Now, Bobby, this is something I'm going to ask for your expertise a little bit. Is this <clears throat> is this the sort of move you do when you're trying to add a little prestige to a title that has maybe slipped since the days when Macho Man held it?
1: Um, you know, I think at that point, I don't know. I think at that point they're still just trying to make money and keep fans interested. Cause that's kind of a, it's still a little bit kayfabish at Mm -hmm. that time. Um, and I think because I'm going back in my mind towards the finish. So I would imagine they're still just trying to do business without giving a whole lot away. Um, I recall, I, I, I thought it was a mania. I wasn't sure. When you said the April date, I knew it was it was probably one of those things where they just transitioned the title, uh, to set it up for the, the Bret Hart and, and Rowdy Piper deal for Mania. You know, it's probably one of those angles. They, but the finish is what I recalled about that. And, and again, we, we didn't go and fact check unless Jeremy did. We, I went by memory. I remember, recall it being a really, really good match. And it seemed like one of them, I think Piper had, Heart in the sleeper, and I could be correct on that very easily. But I think when they went back, Jeremy, um, when they both went back, it was one of those deals where both men's shoulders were on a mat, if I'm not mistaken, and then like Hart just gets his up at the last second, or maybe Piper pinned himself or whatever. Well, really controversial, but but that's where the title changed hands again. And and but I recall it just as being you know in the business. And loving the business, I just really thought it was a very, very good wrestling match. So I, I don't know about what kind of business they were doing at that time. I'm just looking at it at, from my perspective was I thought it was just a hellacious good match between two talented guys, um, although you may vary your opinion um of Bret Hart there. So, cause um, I'm not so sure where you stand with him and all the Canadian fans you have. Oh, Hey,
0: hey. <laughs> <Hold on now. laughs> I actually happen to think Bret Hart was a better wrestler than uh Piper wrestler. Okay. I'm not saying anything about his on-screen ability or, you know, whatever, yeah. but his, his ability
1: to get into a ring and wrestle. I think he was better. You're probably right. Yeah. Um, you probably are right. I'm you know what? I'm gonna agree with you on that. He probably was. Yeah. Now worker wise and get your gimmick over wise I've got go with Piper that, Yeah, that's a whole but, different but question. Yeah, you're yeah. you're right as far as the wrestling, you know, what is it? The the best or what the bester is the bester was, the best or is the best there ever will be, you know. Uh it, Bret Hart executed some, you know, great moves, tremendous wrestler. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Piper knew how to get his gimmick in a character. And his work and the entertainment and the, and the fighting, he knew how to get it all over. He was, he, he got it all in, you know, that, but yeah. So I don't know how to answer your question other than tell you, I just thought it was a tremendous fucking match. Someone may tell us, you know, uh, someone else won or how to finish went off, but I, I re- seemed like I remember him doing the old double, well, you know, pin down. Yeah. One of shoulders, and and one the of simple, the simple
0: out. fact of the matter is it gives credibility to Bret Hart cause he beat a fucking icon.
1: Or there you Ronnie go. Piper. I mean, that's I mean, yeah.
0: there's, you know, as as fuzzy as the ending is, it it puts a rub on the guy, no matter what. Yes. Yeah.
1: And you know what? I think, I think, I could be wrong. I read both their books. Uh, Piper had a book, not the one that's out right now. He had another one out several years ago before he passed away. And of course, we talked about the Bret Hart book. I think that match was actually that's what the deal was. Piper was giving him the rub. Uh, for singles, if I'm not mistaken, there was something about that. So okay. anyway, yeah, yeah, we have uh, to we could fact check that, but but I think you're right. There is something there that was the rub. He was giving Bret Hart like doing the favor for a reason. Yeah, I, you know, I'm gonna
0: yeah. I'm gonna do a quick aside story here, real quick. A yeah. handful, maybe maybe ten, twelve years ago, right? My kids were both younger. Um, they were watching the Roddy Piper DVD that was available back then. And right in the middle of it, as they're doing the fan, they're talking about how the fans talk to him, fan reaction, blah, blah, blah. My oldest kid goes, hey, isn't that your Uncle Mike in the crowd? And I turn around and look, and there in this fan reaction shot of the crowd, slowed down, is my dad's younger brother wearing his cowboy hat. His PBRA shirt, his bull, you know, his uh, bull riding glove, <laughs> slamming his hands together, and there he had a he had a best friend who's been dead for several years now. His name was Donnie, who had polio when he was a kid, so Donnie was in a wheelchair, and there's fucking Donnie right next to him. I'm like holy shit, I wonder if they even know they're in this.
1: <laughs> so, so they're actually on the DVD.
0: They're actually on the
1: DVD. Oh, I just, man, that's cool. I that's just cool. thought
0: about that. like, Because I, I can't remember what match it was. I think it was like a Sacramento Raw or something. Yeah. In the late 90s. Yeah. Wow, that's
1: cool, man. Yeah. Oh, fuck All yeah. That's, right. See, that's the good stuff. We were talking about wrestling, what it does for people, bringing people together, man. That's the good stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. right on that Side Story. Yeah,
0: all right, so we're going to move on to number five.
1: Yeah, and, and I want you doing this one because you, you've you got a lot more insight and reason to have this one, and I, and I appreciate it respect your reason for oh having yeah. it at number five.
0: And this one's uh, going to be fairly broad, too, but I, the way yeah. I did this was Roddy Piper versus Adrian Adonis, and this includes everything up to and including and blah, 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 but Roddy Piper comes back after being gone for a while, and his show has been taken over by a recently very much changed Adrian Adonis from his <laughs> biker bad boy days with Jesse Ventura as a tag team into a more exotic Adrian Street type character. Yeah. Which is something I'm going to talk about at some point is homosexual representation within the world of wrestling, even though gays were a prominent part of wrestling all the way back to 50s. But we'll get to that another time. So Roddy sure. Piper comes back. He wants his show back, you know, there on the stage <laughs> where the show was. And Adrian's like, oh, no, this isn't like a temporary deal. And he pulls out a pink cowboy hat wearing Bob Orton to drive the joint yep. home. <laughs> and all shit breaks loose from there. Yep. We go into, we come back from that, and then Roddy Piper comes in with a baseball bat and wrecks the joint. Basically, this starts a trend in Roddy Piper's future life. I mean, he may switch a few more times here and there, but this takes Roddy Piper from a vile, hated heel to an over, super, uber face character for most of the rest of his career. Yeah. So, we have Adrian Adonis and Jimmy Hart and all the heat that you can put into this story, and it comes down to them fighting over a, uh, a show. It also leads to a wrestling match at WrestleMania three, where it was a hair versus hair match. Piper almost loses, but thanks to Brutus Beefcake, gets the win, and then retires for twenty months after that. And for some reason now we have a talk show with Brutus Beefcake. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> but but that being said, they used a lot of moving parts here to take a really I mean Younger people may not realize how fucking hated Roddy Piper was at one point. They really may not. And you don't understand what a big face turn it was for him to go that way.
1: Right. And, you know, there's such a right way and a wrong way to turn someone from face to heel. And back in the day, you know, sometimes people went, you know, they'd jump from heel to face or face to heel. But it was built out over time, over a storyline. And it, it made complete sense and it, it's kind of hard to do. And the way they did that, like you said, those moving parts to take a fucking heel, uh, probably one of the most over heels ever, uh, and turn them to a baby face. Yeah. And so that's one of those things is that gray area of what do I like them or do I hate them still? You know, because Piper really never changed his character. He, he no. was, he, he was Piper, but, but now. The fans, we heard them bagpipes. You got the reaction was a lot different than what he had been getting. So yeah, it set up that whole face turn for him, and that's unlike today. And it's not a dig towards any of today's product. Back then, it made so much sense of the build up as to what happened and, and how it happened and why it happened to turn him face. It was incredible. So that comes in at number five: the uh, the Piper versus Adonis and the whole fucking destruction of the flower shop. So, yeah. yeah.
0: I, I just, I don't think you can do Piper's character arc without that. Um, I do want to point out, like Tex, our graphics and video guy uh, said, there was a moment back in the NWA or Georgia Championship where Piper went from heel to face and saved Gordon Soley from Don Morocco, back when Don Morocco was really still Don fucking Morocco. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I do want to point out that that wasn't the first time it had been done, but this was the major... See change in Piper's career here.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we 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 do talk about some of those things, and that's why we do appreciate everyone's input. We we know everything uh, may not be the first time that everyone else saw it, or you know, this segment or back when there was just magazines and you saw it once a month, once a week on a Saturday, or what have you. But this this was on a grand scale of things at that point, you know. Um, so. That was the significance of it that, that we're point, that what you're bringing up, pointing out, it may not be the first time, but on a large scale, it was when everyone actually saw that. So, yeah. Um, and we're going to get into that text, uh, eventually about some of, uh, uh, everyone's, uh, we're going to input from everyone, I guess, Jeremy, as we talked about a little bit earlier about what was their favorite moments of, of a match or a memory as a fan. Uh, things like that happening you know so um, oh yeah absolutely yeah so good all stuff right. man good stuff
0: well bobby i'm gonna i'm gonna have to tell you that the uh the, we're all we're desperately out of time but the tape yep. machines are rolling so okay. we're just gonna we're gonna power through uh we're gonna go on to number four here and, and don't forget to ask me about the paper bag when we get done okay
1: yes yeah well but, um, let's go through this number four uh we're gonna back step just a second here and that's when Piper's Pit was still there before it became the Fire Shop, and it was one of my all-time favorites. Uh, he had Piper's Pit, and of course he had Andre, Giant, Iron Sheik, and all these different people. But the best one to me um, was when he had Jimmy Snuka on there, and he busted a coconut on Jimmy Snuka's head. I just, I just popped big time for that. I was watching. I think I was with a couple college buddies, and you know, we just watching that and it's just like, man, it, 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 to me, it was just one of the best things. It goes right up there with the, uh, you know, uh, he's going to get the shit slapped out of my mom yelling at, you know, because we just knew something was going to happen and Piper cracks the coconut on Jimmy snooker's head. And, and, uh, to me, that's just, that was one of my top 10 reasons why I liked, uh, like Roddy Piper. And so since we kind of tied all those together, we're going to go just jump ahead. We've got three left, and oh, I know wait, we're running wait. out of time. Okay, I, I, but I'm I, I, sorry. I didn't know you no, no, something. No, no, it's fine. It's I'm
0: fine. I, I need you to help me remember something. Was it Was it after the coconut incident, the thing where Vince McMahon, like, got Jimmy Snuka, and he's all like, he hit you on the head with a coconut, Jimmy, and then he spit in your face, and then Jimmy is just, like, all wired up, and he's like, and then he drove to your house and made a sandwich out of your refrigerator <laughs> and watched TV and changed all your preset channels. Was that the same one? Man, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I,
1: I, uh, um, I don't. <laughs> what? The, I, don't, I don't even know where to fuck. You, I don't know how to answer you. I don't even know. I, I seem like I'm into something about. Uh, I don't, fuck. Jeremy. I don't know, man. You got me on a ropes, man. Okay, I, I, <laughs> I got to look I that I've half a damn coconut because yeah. my mind's going to where someone smartened snook up that they was screwing him out of his money and stuff, and he became face at one point or something. So when when Back before that. So, yeah, you got me. I'm fucking taking turnbuckles for you, brother. I don't
0: know. I'll I'll have to look that up because there's like an interview. Yeah, let's look that up. There's an interview where where McMahon's just doing like (laughs) the whole, like, he spit on you, Jimmy. It was terrible.
1: (laughs) I just remember losing at the coconut, man. Oh, shit.
0: Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
1: Good good recall. We'll look that up because I I don't (laughs) Like I said, you're bashing my head against turnbuckles. Yeah. Oh man, let's talk about number three. If you have nothing else to add, there, Mister McMahon. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, no, we're we're fine to move ahead
1: here. Right? <laughs> yeah, number yeah. three um, ties right into uh, Vince because this one, earlier ones, uh, way before, uh, a couple of years before at least, um, Starcade 1983, one of the first uh, pay per views or um, what would you call them back in the day, I guess, uh, closed-circuit-type deals, and it was uh, the dog-collar match between Roddy Piper and Greg Hammer Valentine, and yeah. they, was, you know, they just went at it, man, and it was a 15-, 18-minute match, maybe, and they just beat the dog shit out of each other. Yeah, this was just
0: brutal, brutal, brutal fucking beatings all the way around. I don't know how you actually do this match without hurting anybody. So this is one... You know, back in the day, I never saw this match, my friends never saw it, but the people who bought wrestling magazines had heard about it, you know, yeah. our, our uncles and shit had been through a tape trader who had seen some, and people who had never seen the, seen this match talked about it. That's, that's a big fucking deal. Yeah. That means it has grown to a legend at that point, and you know... Of course when you hear the stories or when I heard the stories when I was a kid, you know, the place looked like a horror film by the time it was on. Yeah, it was pretty brutal, but it didn't live up to what I had been told. This is I didn't even see this match the last few years. You can find some grainy old copies of it on YouTube. Yeah. And I suggest that you do. Because those of us who preferred the old school southern wrestling style, this is the shit we miss today. Yeah. I don't miss people getting injured or anything, but I do miss the look and feel and the Unexpected turn
1: of holy shits that you would get during a match. Yeah. And that match has so many ups and downs in the match. Um, I know afterwards, not necessarily shortly after, but several years later, you know, see these, these different shoot interviews and this and that. Uh, Piper, no giveaway. Piper goes over, but the Greg Dehammer on one of the interviews talks about that they expected a bigger pop at the finish. But there were so many pops throughout the entire match that that the finish was just another thing. So it 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 just it was just that good. It was like just a big constant pop of holy shit moments. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he said other than that, uh, you know he was he was ribbing. Of course he said yeah other than I got beat. You know but putting piper over or whatever uh he loved the match uh he was a brutal wrestler and, and piper hung right there with him they beat the dog piss out of each other like we talked about in blood and blood guts and gore you know right there so um yeah if you haven't seen that match there are several uh several links to it out there on youtube you can find it it's it's well worth your 15 or 20 minute time to watch that match whether it's grainy or not but um i recall when it was happening, I didn't see it, you know, go to the closed circuit. But within a month or so, I was one of the ones, you know, know knew about it on the TV, but also one of the ones buying the magazines going, holy shit, look at this, you know. Me and my buddies, like, yeah, this is, yeah, this this we we knew about it then, but it, uh, probably at least a couple of years before I actually saw it, you know, after it took place. But, yeah, that comes at number uh, three, the dog collar match between Greg the Hammer Valentine and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Starcade, 1983 NWA. Check it out, folks. It'll be worth your time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Bobby, I'll intro this next one because this is yep. going to be one for you to talk about. Um, number two is a little thing we're going to call the good attitude bonus. Bonus, But you're going to have to explain to us
1: what that means. Yeah. Okay. So the, it's actually good attitude pay. Good attitude pay. Oh, And sorry. you get a bonus. No, no. You got the bonus. So when I was out in the Maritimes, I heard this story. Ron Starr had worked with Piper. Uh, he worked with them over in Portland and uh, Don Owens was a promoter. So, you know, th- this is a secondhand story, but man, it went so far for my very first territory that it, that it sunk in. And I still use it today um, on, on, on where I'm going to go with it. But the good attitude pay was basically, I guess, uh, that Don Owens, uh, the promoter out there in Portland, uh, he'd tell the two guys to, to shoot, and, and they get like $25 the winner. And he always thought the first match was a shoot. And of course, the boys end up working. I don't know, it was like 30 bucks and they split at 15 each or whatever, but they'd make it look so legit like they were shooting. But the other thing was, he gave out what was good attitude pay. And the boys would be in the locker room, you know, some of them smoking cigarettes, some of them were doing Hindu squats or whatever the fuck they're doing, jacking off, whatever. But it'd be a card game going on as there's many times in a row. You just, you hurry up and wait. So you're there. But, Piper would always be at the card table, and it'd be four or five guys playing cards. But every time the promoter walked by, right as like Piper had this instinct, Ron said, that he would jump down and start doing push-ups. And so the promoter look in and see these fucking guys, some of them over smoking, some of them over fucking, you know, just getting dressed, or whatever. Some of them were playing cards and there's Piper and he's like, Phew, no, nine, ten. you know, I mean, he's pumping out some fucking pushing. And as soon as he walks out of the doorway, of course, he jumps right back up and starts, you know, playing cards. And, and the word was he would do it because Don Owens would always come. I think they did it on, uh, that town may have been like a Monday town or whatever, but he would pull him to the side and say, Hey kid, here. And he give Piper like ten or fifteen or twenty five. He goes, "That's that's good attitude, Pay." Don't tell you the other boys now. He's, I saw you in are working out. I, I know you're gonna be something. That's that's good attitude, Pay. So <laughs> that's where I got the good attitude, Pay from was from that story. And Ron Starr used to um, he told it. He'd tell it every two or three weeks while I was up there, and it's like, boys, you you know, because we. Myself, my partner time, we were doing Hindu squats and pushups and this thing. And he's like, "You boys are trying for a good attitude pay. There's no fucking good attitude pay here. Just get out there and do your jobs, you know." But um, what we did, what the boys did, me, Goldie Rogers, Eddie Watts, and Rico Federico, we all traveled together. So we started using the good attitude pay on uh, girls. So that's why I still use it today. Nothing vulgar here. Um, no reason to put your headsets down or turn off your, your podcast. But if we see a good, good girl at the gym or we, you know, met one out on the road, a rat somewhere and, uh, you know, everything went good, you know, and you feel like, you know, Hey, you're in a groove and you had a good night. Let's just say that or successful date, you know, um, as one of them chicks, she always got, you see at the gym next day and look at your buddy and say, Hey, right there. And there's some good attitude pay right there, man, because they <laughs> hook you up, you know. So I still, I could be with my brother, even, I, hell, I, both my sons probably know if I say, hey, good attitude pay, they, they knew where I'd been at or done, done something, you know. So I just kind of kept it going with, you know, hey, that chick air man, she deserves some good attitude pay. And so, uh yeah, everyone gets some good attitude pay sometimes. But it all started with that story of Piper popping down and, Pushing out some pushups and uh, uh, letting the promoter see him. He was he was there and he was going to do business and, and make some extra money. And he always got that you know good attitude bonus and that good attitude pay because uh, you're going to do good, kid. I see you in there working out hard. That's <laughs> so awesome. That's number two, man. Yeah. So that's uh, that's our good attitude pay, Jeremy. Let's go to number one, brother. And I know we're, we're, this may be our longest podcast yet. And we're not even trying to, we wasn't trying to do that, but it's just happened because it's been such a great topic. Yeah. So absolutely. we're going to finish up here, though, with number one. And I'll let you introduce it. Oh, absolutely. It, so and the, uh, we'll then we'll go from there.
0: The number one thing, I, I don't even know if we call this best moments or whatever we're doing, but the number one most important thing we have on our list about Riley Riley Piper was his rivalry with Hulk Hogan. Yep. which lasted, what, almost 20 years or 15 to 20 years, somewhere in that range? Yeah, we
1: figured out about 15 to 20 years, we said, yep.
0: Yeah, um, it came in, you know, Piper came in, and he was the heel to go after Hogan. There was the Cindy Lauper stuff. You know, the one thing I'm going to reference here real quick is wrestling has always been trying to get mainstream popular appeal. And in Cindy Lauper and, you know, Captain Lou Albano and the whole intermixing and music videos and MTV climbing to... Uh, prominence back in the day. This is something that did it. Not only was there, you know, modern pop culture crossover, but now all of a sudden there was Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling on TV, mm-hmm. and, and Roddy Piper was the number one bad guy in that whole show. Um, even when Roddy Piper like wasn't really doing much, his toy was still coming out as the bad guy toy. You've said yeah. it before, and I'll ask you to explain it a little bit. You have said no paper, no Hogan. You want to expand on that a little, right?
1: That's that's what I was thinking. Is this is is I've heard it said, you know. Of course, Iron Sheik gets gets beat by Hogan, so you have to have an Iron Sheik in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. But when when Hogan he has to have, in order to to be that you know all American, you know here he is the you know s- superstar that he become. He has to have a fucking villain, and if there's no Roddy Piper, there's no Hulk Hogan, because Piper was the most hated overheel there was. It helped set up, you know, the the very first WrestleMania. You made the references there to the pop culture and to the crossovers, but Hogan needed an opponent, and for all those years, Piper was that opponent. And if you don't have a roddy piper you probably don't have a hulk hogan reaching that star status i'm not saying he wouldn't have been a big star but piper who better than piper to, to help him you know become you know you got the first couple of WrestleManias with with piper so you, you your wrestlemania is your top two events or your top two matches rather uh, for the first two, you've got a Piper and a Hogan involved. Um, and, and, and again, I just, the simplest way I can say it is, is there's no Hogan without a, without a Roddy Piper. And, um, that's because Piper was such a good heel and it set up those WrestleManias and, and it just went on going, And even like you said in the cartoon, you know, the, the rock and wrestling and the, the whole everything all through the years, uh, there was that rivalry there and, um, I'll let you finish it up because I know you have somewhere where you're going with it for the last ending of it. But I'm just thinking all through those years, you know, um, if you go back and look and you, you've got Hulk Hogan doing movies, you had Roddy Piper doing movies, but I'll take a Roddy Piper movie over a Hulk Hogan movie any fucking day in a week, man. Back to the reference of They Live and some other, he was in, I recall being up in, um, uh, Vancouver and he was up for a shooting episode of Viper that was on TV at the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, don't,
0: don't forget, hell comes to Frogtown.
1: There, there you go. See, so yeah. uh, I don't want to see fucking Hawk Hogan in a toupee and, and then another one where he's fighting uh, a tiny lister or whatever, you know, but I, I will see a fucking Roddy Piper any day of the week over that. Um, so I've been saying, I, I'll let you finish up. Cause I know you have something to say about the latter part of the rivalry. That's was like 15, 18 years later, but, but I just say with, with no Roddy Piper, there's no Hawk Hogan.
0: Yeah, and and the nice thing is, is years later at WCW, they did get to kind of put a capstone on it when a now face Roddy Piper is fighting a heel Hulk Hogan and gets the win, but unfortunately nobody knew if it was for the title or not. I don't know how that happens, but Roddy Piper did get a clean win on Hulk Hogan in a reverse circumstance, which was kind of a cool thing to see then. Yeah. And uh yeah, I just I think that was a great rivalry that they could use periodically or, you know, use consistently at the beginning, and even when they brought it back and dusted it off, I wasn't sick of it.
1: Right. I and I, I wanna I wanna say this in retrospect too, from what I just now said, none of that was a dig towards Hulk Hogan because we know what a huge star he was, but it took that protagonist, you know, to act just someone out there poking him, you know, had to have someone to push him, and that's who it was, and that was his Nemus. That was Piper. Oh, and um And so, again, it wasn't a dick toward Hogan or his work or his movies and the success that he's had in and outside the wrestling business, but to me, you know, Piper, Piper was the man, and you can use that term with him, as I said earlier, uh, icon. You know, you, you've yeah, got absolutely. people say heroes and legends, and they throw these words around, uh, but... When you, there's only a few people to me that I said it on a dusty segment, and I can safely say it on this segment, Rowdy Roddy Piper may he rest in peace was a wrestling icon, or is a wrestling icon. How's that? Yeah, so. I, no,
0: I think that's fair. Yeah, we lost Roddy Piper just about three years ago. When this comes out, it'll be a few days. Yeah, still be a few days before. Um, that was also, if I remember right, that was the same year Dusty Rhodes died. So it was kind of, yes, a, kind of a shit ball of a year for wrestling fans. Um, but you know what? I'm always happy to talk about the things I like about wrestling. Uh, Bobby, I did get a friend of ours or a friend of mine who's in a rock band over in New York area. They're called the Reign of Zeus. I'll put links in the notes to get to it. They actually did a song about the movie they live, and we're gonna use that to play us out this week.
1: Yes. Thank you very much. Listeners, thank you for joining in to us this week. Please follow the geekish cast on Twitter at the geekish cast. Follow me at Bobby Blaze 744 or go to the bell to bell blaze, uh, on Twitter or go to the bell to bell, uh, blaze podcast on YouTube page. So, and give us a shout out.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and now. Oh, something about clothes- a
1: fucking bag. What do
0: you got? What do you got? Well, check this out. So first, I've got some bananas. I got some bananas here for you. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> and uh, here, here, take a couple of these. Oh, I've also got this letter from WCW saying I bought your uh, I bought your debt. So now you oh, owe me. <laughs> so you're not getting out of doing podcasts with me for a while. Okay. And then right here in the bottom of this bag, you want to guess what I got?
1: Uh, oh, fuck. I uh, b- bananas, and he fucking bought my debt. So I'm indebted to you. I, I don't even want to fucking take a guess, man. Just tell me what what's in the fucking bag. <laughs> well, here, here,
0: Bobby. I want you to look over at that exit door over there on our left, okay? Okay, yes, sir. I'm. All
1: right, oh, all right. <laughs> take
0: a look there. I got you a fucking coconut. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. For Bobby Blaze and myself, we'll catch you next week. Please stick around and check out Reign of Zeus and their song, They Live. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass.
1: And I'm all out of bubblegum.